morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT 2.0. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, the Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, NXT 2.0 is uh, your brain on drugs. This is this is your developmental uh, league on acid, buddy. What's going on here? Yeah, dude, it's insane. It's insane. There's just there's so much to cover, but yet nothing to cover. Taking notes has become <laughs> very difficult. Um, yes, we're gonna talk. Yeah, I, 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 go ahead. I was because I take way less uh, detailed notes than you do, man. I can imagine you just scribing away during these shows because you like you try to go beat by beat on the promos too. Lots of promos in these things now. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Um, so, what are we <laughs> going to be talking about today? We are going to be chatting, reviewing, analyzing NXT from September twenty first, twenty twenty one, which was episode two of two point we're going to be talking about some Owen Hart news. We're going to be talking NXT UK in NXT K Corner. And then we set up a Q&A, which we will end the show with. Sounds like a plan. Thank you very much to anyone who uh, reached out in the Q&A. We'll definitely read a couple of questions, answer them. But yeah, man, it's just definitely some new vibes it's a completely completely different product yeah 100 percent. here's the thing at the core of it it's developmental you're gonna see some cheese i think i said this i said this on the show on uh on the syndicated show on or on the patreon special i don't remember where the f i said this that they're gonna be throwing stuff at the wall and they're gonna see what sticks so i think we're really seeing them throw a lot at the wall right now some of it will stick some of it won't we're gonna see be seeing some changes but it is developmental this isn't your indie promotion that is going up against AEW, and i think that's the key thing that we need to remember here you know if anything let's compare this to dark and elevation absolutely absolutely and i think it's it's a definitely a more entertaining watch than those shows. I don't know. We we'll, we can get into the finer points as NXT 2.0 itself progresses. You know what I mean? Well, we'll be able to fully judge how it stacks up against Dark and Dark Elevation in a couple months, in a year, right? Yeah. But as for this actual television show, okay, so the big thing to me is Triple H is a wrestler, right? At the end of the day, he loves wrestling. He fancied himself a great Hall of Fame level wrestler, a good worker. And he loved wrestling, and he thought that a good pro wrestling match was the way to draw in fans, especially in 2021. It's clear that the people running this show, they don't think that, <laughs> you know, they, they're not worried about great wrestling matches. The the four four-star-plus wrestling matches, the four whatever blank du jour matches, Boris, those are those are maybe a thing of the past, but that doesn't mean that this is a terrible show to watch. But also, that doesn't mean that these matches aren't going to be there, because we've been seeing a trend, and I will say, you may not agree with me, but I will say that this show had this trend, where the two matches that bookended the show were of, of, uh, of a certain quality. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I don't know if you call either great, but yes, they were definitely the best matches. Of the show. They were pretty good matches for sure. They, they're putting, yeah, something strong in the opener, something strong in the main event. 
and then just just a bunch of uh, ballyhoo and nonsense in the yeah. middle, like we've been here's, saying for months. Here's now. the thing, though. If this show, and I kind of put this comment out there, but I want to bring up this point. If the show was one hour, this will remind me so much of the actual NXT 2.0, which we all fell in love with. This is prior to 2016, going like this is when takeovers really started. You know, when your Kevin Owens, your Sami Zayn's were, were featured in NXT, the one hour show on the network. This really feels like it, except. It's because of its two-hour length, there's a lot of time to fill. I, I can definitely see where you're coming from on that. I think there are certain things that are pretty different. The opening uh, segment to this show, I don't think it was something we saw on the previous NXT, just the exact way certain things came across. We'll talk about that, though. But, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, and I do I do kind of feel like that. We watched on BAM recently, man. We watched this, uh, the first ever WWF Superstars from 1986, and it was pretty insane. Uh, superstar Billy Graham was out there, like, cutting promos with tarantulas walking up and down his arms. Did this not remind you of that show a little bit? That's kind of where we're at, I feel like. Superstars 1986. I would say just superstars in general. This honestly reminds me a lot of superstars. Um, you know, we're seeing new people. We're seeing new characters debut. We're seeing what sticks. We're going to be seeing the same people probably with name changes in a couple weeks. Like, this honestly does feel like a superstars before you make it to the Raw or the SmackDown, which is which is exactly what it's meant to be. Look, at the end of the day, our biggest complaint about NXT has been that when people graduate to the main roster, they fail. And ultimately, they fail because Vince has no effing idea what's going on in NXT. Now that he kind of has that uh, that left that left hook in it, he keeps it at arm's length away like a lot of my exes did with me. Um, they kind of, you know, he at least understands these characters. He's created these characters. Someone in his inner circle understands these people so that hopefully the transition will be easier if that's what we get all of this is worth it if we see graduates from nxt 2.0 still failing and falling face first when they make it to the main roster all of this is absolutely useless fair fair enough i still think there's something to be said about the tv show and more than the tv show man because i'm okay with watching superstars especially because Almost every other wrestling wrestling show you watch, AEW, Impact, New Japan, like all of these shows are trying to put on work rate matches, Ring of Honor especially. They're just trying to throw work rate at you, right? And that's no longer what the goal is. And if I only had to watch one wrestling show in my life, I wouldn't pick NXT. But because there is such a wide array of wrestling and I'm doing certain things, I'm okay with, with podcasting about this show. I think it's pretty interesting. It will never be a boring watch, it doesn't seem like. No. God, no. If anything, you know, I may need to take some speed before starting the show just to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, just... yeah, it's like, it's like superstars in an NWA studio with a shot like with rainbow colors like super super bright uh with like a with like a slight dusting of uh WCW 1999-2000 like a slight hint of Russo no sexism no racism no kidnapping no disgusting gross angles but just a whole lot of things a whole lot of to the back women are screaming at each other back to the ring to the back to the ring here's 10 promos you know yeah yeah, exactly. We're going to be covering all that. But before we do, 
let's talk about something near and dear to my heart because I want to talk about this. That is Owen Hart and AEW. The Owen Hart legacy will continue in AEW via a tournament of sorts and and um, and uh, and uh, what do you call it? Merch. We'll see what this means yeah. in the grand scheme of things. We don't know just yet, but it was announced through AEW and through the Owen Hart Foundation that they are collaborating for something. If you listen to BAM especially, you know that Owen Hart is near and dear to my heart. Um, pun fully intended. And this makes me super excited. This continues to show me that AEW gives a shit about the fans and they're not going to make you uh, feel like an idiot for watching wrestling. Like, this is amazing. I love this. Um, You know, this might be the biggest F you to WWE and I'm all for it. Yeah, it's an unintentional F you to WWE just in that I don't think the goal is to say fuck you WWE. I think the goal is to actually honor Owen Hart and to actually give this person who deserves a legacy in the wrestling business the legacy he deserves. I don't think it's an on-purpose fuck you no. WWE. No, no, I'm I not really saying it is. But, I'm saying in general. In general. It, it is. That's what happened. That is the case. That's what that's that's what ended up occurring here. So I do agree. Uh, yeah, man, apparently he's going to have action figures and like he's going to be in the upcoming video game and they're going to name this cup after him. Hopefully Bret Hart presents it to, to the first ever Owen Hart Cup winner, Kevin Steen. That's what I'm hoping for. I don't know. We'll see. Just remember, Bret's relationship isn't the best with uh, with that side of the family. So we'll see. We will see. We will see. That's you a know, good point. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. But at the end of the day, kudos to AEW, kudos to Tony Khan, kudos to the Hart family, the Hart Foundation, and I I am just so stoked to see whatever this is. Yeah, I think on tomorrow's BAM, we're going to be talking a lot of G1 because there's going to be three shows by the time we record to talk about. So we'll probably knock out at least one, two, maybe all three of those. But in the future, let's let's dust up a nice top five, top ten Owen Hart list, maybe like matches and promos, moments, whatever. Let's talk some Owen in, in oh, the man. coming weeks here on oh, BAM. Man. Just, just, just hook that up to me. Like I, 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 I'm all about that. <laughs> Yeah, actually, briefly, while we're while we're speaking, Owen, we because we uh, one one gimmick we're going to do for Bam somewhere down the road is uh, top 50 cage matches because of the talk that Lucha Brothers was the best cage match ever. So last time you came upstairs, Boris, we watched us Bret Hart versus Owen Hart inside the confines of a 15 foot high steel cage SummerSlam 1994. What a classic that is, man. Beautiful wrestling match. Yep, it was so good. It was so good. It's exactly what I remember. It's crazy how much of the actual match I remembered. Um, but yeah, no, was, that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, before we start and we get into it, I need to ask you, Matt, how was how was Rampage podcasting? Oh, man, it was, yeah, thank you for asking. It was very good. Uh, as I told Joe, absolutely an honor to fill in for uh, Dan the Mouth of Fransky. And happy birthday, Mouth. I guess it's almost not your birthday anymore. But, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, it was a, a lot of fun. It was a it was a weird show. It was, like, slightly skippable for a Rampage. You know, all, most of the Rampages have been pretty good. This one was a little bit skippable, but I'll tell you, the uh, – Britt Baker, Ruby Soho promo was money. That is the thing I take away most from that show. That yep. money promo. Yep, same here. 
Um, all right, so let's get into business because we do have a lot of NXT to cover, um, including Q&A, including NXT UK Corner, and including this insane, insane seven-match, many-promo edition of NXT 2.0, episode 2.0. But before we do that, Matt, we need to figure out what our rating de jour is going to be because as the Young Guns, we're done with star ratings. So every week, we have a new rating system. And um, you know we need to figure out what we're going to do this week. So what do you what are you thinking? Well, there's all there's all kinds of there's such an array of wacky characters. It was basically like that Rick and Marty episode where they just keep showing. Oh yeah, you don't even like Rick and Marty. Yeah, you don't even know what I'm talking about here. But yeah, we could. Uh, I don't know. I was gonna. We could do something like. Oh, uh, man, I was going to do something about Rick and Morty, but I forgot that you hated it. You you rolled your eyes when I mentioned it. I was going to go like Penn Sylvester's out of five or something before all the wacky characters on this show right now. But if you have an alternate, you uh, yeah, if, if you have an alternate thing, since you are the, uh, the only person I know who dislikes that show. No, we'll go with you. We'll go with that. Whatever. I'm a team player. <laughs> Penn Sylvester's out of five. All right, so let's get into it. NXT 2.0, September 21st, 2021. The show opened with a recap of last week's premiere and the crowning of Tommaso Ciampa as your new NXT champion. Uh, We jump into the intro video. Tommaso Ciampa is on his way out. He gets in the ring with a bunch of new talent that represent NXT 2.0. In the ring, we had Brooks Jensen, Josh Briggs, Trick Williams, Carmelo Hayes, Odyssey Jones, Chainsaw Joe Gacy, and none other than Braun motherfucking Breaker. (laughs) Excellent use of your one F word if we're going to work PG-13. Braun Breaker with two Ks, baby. Yep, love it. So, Tommaso Ciampa gets on the mic. He talks about how it was worth every damn second to get back into the title um, picture before address or... He wanted to get back to the title before addressing a few of the men behind him and saying he is, wasn't, always will be Mr. NXT. They can put a fresh coat of paint on it, but what hasn't changed is the passion of the superstars. He says he's happy to be holding his title and representing the brand because with him holding Goldie, NXT 2.0 is the A-show. And this is when Cameron Grimes enters. Now... Yes, sir. All right. Let's talk about this, but I do have a question for you. Hey, so, Cameron Grimes makes his case for a title shot. Gacy interrupts him, and he doesn't set, get to say much before LA Knight comes in. I love the fact that he called the crowd insults, and then Pete Dunn comes in with Ridge Holland. Dunn gets on the mic, gives all the new faces a piece of advice. He says, make a name for yourself. The problem is he looks around and only sees a bunch of geezers who are scared to throw the first punch. Champa throws the first punch and a wild ball breaks out. This is when we go backstage all of a sudden, very randomly, because apparently there was a commotion backstage. Bunch of women are fighting. Then we cut back to Champa and Breaker. They're dumping Don and Holland and standing tall. Braun, Breaker gets on the mic and tells Pete and Ridge to grow a set of cojones and face him and Champa in a tag team match. Boy. Boy. <laughs> Lots going on. First of all, opening shot of the jabroni party in the ring. Every single one of them looked like a like kind of like a 
I don't know, not not exactly like a star, you know what I mean? Like, in order to make these guys stand out and seem like stars, I wouldn't have thrown them all in the ring to be, like, just geeks together, you know, for lack of a better term. They kind of just all looked like nerds, and then Tommaso Ciampa came out, cut a pretty good promo, uh, the TNA style, the WCW style, to the back, <clears throat> excuse me, where uh, women, random women are screaming at each other. I think I saw B-Fab in there. I think I saw Electra Lopez in there screaming at each other. And then back for more shenanigans in the ring. It was just a lot to take in. I don't know if, like, really anything, if anyone came across better for this, you know? No. But at the same time, it was an, it was an entertaining few minutes. So. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, if anything, if anything, we are getting the lay of the land. Of whom is who, who is new, that there are new people. These are new people. Um, you know, apparently Cameron Grimes seems to be, be a heel again. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see what do you happens. Think that's what's, do you think that's what's going on here? Cameron Grimes is a heel? He seemed very heelish tonight. Do you think so? I didn't get those vibes at all. I thought he was still pretty babyface-like. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll right see there. what happens. But here's the thing. My point is... At the very least, they're 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 laying the lay of the land. Did it work? Yep. Maybe. Was it entertaining? Ish. Was it too much? Yes. That was a little too much. Yeah. Tommaso Ciampa, good promo. Uh, Braun Breaker uh, sounds like his uh, sounds like Uncle Scotty a little bit, you know. But uh, I I thought he did did Uncle decent. with air quotes. <laughs> so they say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, definitely like a chaotic opening. I don't know if I'd call it, you know, good. It, it was, it was entertaining this first time, but if this, if this happened every week, I'd get sick of it literally by next Tuesday. It's like certain wrestling shows having a brawl to end every single show on Wednesday night. You get sick of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, you got to call a spade a spade. So let's move on. All right. When yeah, we come you back, you could from- also incorrectly call a spade a spade. You could call a diamond a spade too. Yeah. Well. well Speaking well. of diamonds. Yep. Speaking of diamonds. All right. Our first match is for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, and it featured your champion Kushida going up against Diamond Mine's own Roderick Strong. All right. I have to say, Diamond Mine 2.0 is really growing on me. I'm. They look menacing. They look cool. Um, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying Diamond Mine. I can't believe I'm saying that. No, one thing that NXT 2.0 has done significantly better than 1.0 over these last two weeks is Diamond Mine. Humongous success story over these past two weeks. We will see. But yeah, that is a ship that has been righted for sure. hundred percent. My one thing about this match timing. I wish this match went just a little bit longer. This match only went nine minutes. And on the dot, on the dot, and the placement. I 100% believe that this should have been your main event. It's a championship I match. See. Let's respect the belts. But this is now NXT 2.0. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. It probably would have been in the old NXT. This would have been the main event, and it would have gotten more time, and it would have made sense for the opening match. The way that promo was set up and it was all chaotic, it would have made sense for it to start right away, right? So yeah. I could have totally, I could have totally seen that happen. That makes a lot more sense. But then you don't have the big brawn breaker, Tommaso Trampa stare down to end the show. You have it at the start. 
So I see both sides. What happened here, though, is that this amazing match only got nine minutes, and that sucks. <laughs> yeah, so at one point, Kushida rolled through a backbreaker. He got the hoverboard lock. Uh, Malcolm Bivens puts his foot on the rope. Uh, we get running interference while the rest of Diamond Mine attack Kushida. Uh, they throw him back in the ring. Roderick Strong hits a end of heartache to become your new NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, for what this was, awesome. Every second these guys were in the ring, it was just great, fantastic, fabulous back and forth technical wrestling. Every strike so crisp. It looked real. It felt like a fight. And then it only went nine minutes and they did an anticlimactic, obvious ending. So I couldn't yeah. go any lower than three and a half uh Three and a half photography Raptors out of five, Boris, for a 70% uh, on this one. It's a B. But at the same time, man, like, it could have been much better. Slightly disappointing, but but every moment that it was in the ring was just brilliant. All right. The obvious question. Where does this leave Kushida? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm scared. They, they did put him over with, or like, in defeat with the whole interference thing, right? They, they put him over in losing. But... He lost in nine minutes, so you, this, I don't know. With NXT 2.0, man, would it shock you if this was the last time he ever wrestled in WWE? No. Would it shock you if he actually got another long run in NXT? Wouldn't shock me. Yeah, right now, I have no idea what to think of anyone, anything. So, you know, I think, I honestly think that Kushida will be fine. But every time one of these NXT 1.0 guys lose, I just get worried. Yeah, <laughs> same man, definitely, especially a guy like Kushida. Yeah. All right, so Diamond Mine 2.0, as I'm going to call him moving forward. They're celebrating their win in win in the ring until they are interrupted by none other than Grayson Weller. He tells them to chill and cheers for, um, he tells them to chill with their cheers for the new champ, saying after what happened to his boy Drake Maverick last week, he's realizing that NXT 2.0 is a straight up jungle. But if anyone was built to survive in the jungle, it's him. So instead of sitting in the back waiting for an opportunity, he's out here to take one and challenge Strong to a match next week. Yeah, pretty pretty standard bad promo, but all right. Yeah, it was it was basic as basic can be. So Bivens gets on the mic and he asks, how dare he interrupt the champion celebration? Talks to Roddy. The match will be made for next week. So that's that. Uh, while we're nitpicking, while we're uh, analyzing, I think Malcolm Bivens generally an amazing promo. Him doing like the childish, beep, 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 like repeating voice was the worst moment of his career. Don't ever do that again, Bivens. You're far above something like that. It wasn't funny. Far, far above Mal Malcolm Bivens is than, than, than a dumb move like that. Boy. Yeah. All right. Then we go to your boy in the streets of Chicago. Gago Tony D'Angelo A.O. We get another <laughs> promo. He talks about his family mob ties, talks about where the money's at. A.O. He'll be in NXE 2.0 soon. A.O. There we go. Bada bing, bada boom. You know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for, I love the Sopranos. I'm a sucker for a character like this. I wish they gave him a different name. It's objectively stupid that they gave him the name of a player in, in the NHL who was kicked out of the league for racism is since back in the league. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Tony D'Angelo. I would rename them. Yep. Speaking of the Sopranos, I am so looking forward to the many saints of New York. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Yeah, man. Just to see what uh, young Gandolfini does, too. I'm very excited to see his performance. But, yeah, it'll, it'll be so cool to see that movie. Yep. 
Uh, so Kaylee Ray making her entrance as we go to break. Again, we're seeing this trend of before commercial break. We're seeing an entrance. Everyone is being respected with their entrances. I do appreciate that in NXT 2.0. Yeah, it's interesting. I It almost, to me, I was worried that this was going to go another way because Amari Miller got such, like, a pronounced entrance when she came out. But, yeah. 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 All right. Um, when we're yeah. back from commercial, we get a video package where Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen explain the origin of their tag team. They met the night Briggs washed out of the NXT breakout tournament and immediately got into a bar brawl and earned each other's respect. And the tag team division is now in trouble. How did you feel about this one? Eh, I think this one was okay. You know, I like the fact that all of this happened without, like, it kind of happened um, behind the scenes. That this wasn't a story that we saw. This wasn't the bar 2.0. This wasn't, like, how many teams have been formed like this. I'm okay with them just yeah. giving us the backstory. Um, and, yeah, that I'm, I'm, it is what it is. It wasn't a spectacular promo. But what really was outside of Champa? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, maybe, maybe one or two. But you know what? This I liked the idea, like you said. I liked the package that they put this in because in another world, in another company, they would have just done the actual bar fight. They would have just done the actual thing where Josh Briggs is drinking because he lost in the tournament, and then some other goofball comes up to him. And they, I liked that they showed us the security footage and had them describe it post brawl i yeah. thought that was kind of clever yeah it's a little different right I, it was it's good all right so as you mentioned amari miller gets an inset promo she says she's here to showcase her skills as she's coming out this leads us to kaylee ray versus amari miller um this match did not take long at all uh this match was what uh one minute 36 seconds Kaylee Ray won with a gory bomb back to back elevator reverse face buster. One minute. Yeah. 36 seconds. Yeah, baby. The KLR bomba. So, yeah, I was worried that because Amari Miller got this big long entrance and she got her inset promo, I was like, oh no. Oh no. Are they going to beat Kaylee Ray? I was wrong. Kaylee yeah. Ray did not look threatened for one second, and I think the match was uh, shorter than Amari's entrance. Yeah. All right. How would you rate this? Uh, it was a pretty average WWE squash. We're going to go two and a half uh, Sleepy Garys out of five, Boris, on this one. It's 50% Mendoza line. Why did I accept this rating system? It's so stupid. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Um, the hardest worker, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with none other than Braun Breaker as he's interviewed backstage. And he talks about how excited he is to team with Champa tonight. Um, Tom joins the interview, and they seem to be on the same page. And when I say Tom, I meant Champa, Tommaso. This is what I mean Tom about Champa? my notes. This is what I mean about my notes is going to shit. <laughs> oh, Tommy Ciampa. Oh, also, you almost blew your line. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling. And it's the only time tonight I get to say it. <laughs> Brutal. Boys. That alone yeah. made me but, hate this episode, but whatever. That's fine. <laughs> I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind Braun Breaker too much. Man, he sounds like uh, he sounds like a Steiner brother, though, eh? 
Yeah, he really does. It's crazy. It is insane. All right, so uh, we go to break. Dante Chen is being promoted. Uh, when we get back from break, we get footage from earlier today of Zion Quinn escorting some ladies to the back door and then beating up a guy who tried to slip through in front of them for being rude because chivalry is not dead, Matthew. <laughs> it's important, Boris. You got to be uh, you got to be polite and respectful out there on these streets. Um, so that was definitely Zion Quinn. Who we have we met the guy who we just beat the crap out of? Nope, nope. I don't think we have. Eh? Nope. He's jobber five six eight four three right now. <laughs> All right, very good. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, it was it, you know this made me chuckle a little bit, but then we go straight into Dante Chen versus Trey Baxter. Um, this match lasted one freaking minute. Uh, Dante Chen wins with a front face lock package jawbreaker. Yeah, something like that. That's a good call. I described it as a vertical suplex cradle into a sit-out compacting neck breaker. I don't quite know exactly what it was. Or we should just it, say it, he won with what a maneuver. <laughs> he definitely hit a what a maneuver <laughs> on him. But uh, this was a this was a very weird squash match. It starts off Trey Baxter immediately gets the advantage, hits a dope suplex on Chen that Chen sells for the rest of the match, including during his celebration. Baxter's on the top rope. Chen gets him, knocks him off, hits one move in the entire match, and that move is his finish. This weird suplexy rampage into a sit-out almost neckbreaker thing. This match seemed like it was meant for Trey Baxter versus a seven-foot monster because, right? you know, he he gets the early advantage or he tries to get the early advantage by, going, you know, exploding with attacks and then he gets his ass kicked with one move. It felt very awkward that these men were the same height, the same body, the same whatever, right? Like, it just felt very weird. Definitely. Extremely strange. Yeah, man. And I, we're, we're getting a story. We're getting a bit of story out of this, as we'll touch on later. But yeah, uh, this was very strange at the time. I don't think it achieved much because Dante Chen didn't look good. Trey Baxter did look good, but then he got beat by one move. So he came out looking worse. I think this is pretty bad squash in terms of squash matches. I would, I would say this is a sizable fail. We're going to go uh, one Boris, one Mr. Beauregard out of five. It is a uh, giant big fail. I didn't like this at all. So this is where we're at. We're rating squash matches. What do you mean? We've always rated every match. That's part no, of the, the uh, that's but part this of is the what I mean. Here. But I mean, like, literally, yeah. <laughs> half of our show is talking about one-minute matches. That's going to be that you – we better – Settle in for the finer points of rating squash matches. It's going to be good to talk about actual wrestling again on BAM. <laughs> yeah, all right. We get a vignette for Andre Chase where he's teaching a class at Chase University, and this entire class is about how much Odyssey Jones sucks. Yeah, so if you remember Dean Douglas, when Shane Douglas came over and, and did those vignettes, lots of Dean Douglas vibe here. Um I don't mind this too much. I thought this was pretty good. He was uh, he, he kind of did a little bit of the the key and peel mad TV coach at the end. I forget the coach's name. That's a hilarious sketch though. But yeah, uh, yeah. this Any, anyway also I, uh, reminded me I'm, of I'm, like I'm, 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 uh, of primetime Chris Nowinski. Yeah, exactly right. That like classroom talking down to you. I'm a dickhead vibe. Yeah, for sure. I don't I don't mind this. I I like this for Andrew Chase. Yeah, 
It's let's see where it goes, right? This is what I mean. Throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and we'll see what sticks. All right. But we, one thing, one thing, Boris, yeah. I am worried about is basically Drew Gulak was kind of doing a better version of this gimmick, and we saw where that got him. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. There's a lot I can say. <laughs> um, That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So. <sighs> man, I don't even know where to go with this sometimes. All right, so uh, health update from Triple H. He's recovering. See us soon. Cameron Grimes, vignette. And I, this is where I, this is what I mean. I This felt kind of heel, more heelish than anything else. I don't know. Really? Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, I disagree. That wasn't the vibe I got. But, hey, maybe, man, maybe it is. Maybe we, we will be heading that way. I kind of think he's a better babyface, just in that the people fucking love him. So he already was a heel, and he was turned face because of the fans' desire to cheer him. So why run away from that? Because it's WWE. Great point. Like let's, he's probably this is the thing. for sure heel. Like that's what I mean. Yes, he is now a he was turned into a face because the fans loved him. But that's when NXT actually gave a shit about what the fans thought. Now that other people are running the show, especially right now, you know, we're just seeing like we're just seeing a reset. And I feel like Cameron Grimes character got reset. Now, are the fans going to accept them as a heel? Hell no. But let us know, listeners, what you think. Am I just looking into this too much or um, do, am, do I have a, a leg to stand on with this? Or has your leg been kicked out of your leg? I don't even know what what, what that means. <laughs> All right, um, so back from commercial, Joe Gacy's already in the ring. He promises a safe space from the smallest microaggression to the most heinous of grudges, and he says he comes to us with a mindset of conflict resolution where he doesn't have to use his male privilege to get what he wants. He believes we can achieve unity and tolerance and aims to be the man to show us peace in this safe space, and that starts tonight. So it feels like uh, Bruce Pritchard or Vince McMahon were forced to do sensitivity training over the last two weeks and came up with this guy as a heel character. Sensitivity training man. Yep. 1,000%. That's exactly what I thought. It's like <laughs> some PR person in Stanford sent them to sens sensitivity training over the next couple episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. And this is the character <laughs> that they came up with. That's hilarious. Joe Gacy. Yeah, so if yeah. Joe Gacy had a Tommy Dreamer, um, uh, what do you call ponytail? I would have died of laughter. That would have been actually hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> what a great call. The gross double rat tail bun. No, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is weird. A weird character. I don't think it has any legs. But maybe Joe Gacy actually has uh, could pull a rabbit out of this hat. We'll give it time, you know, like anything. Of course, else. But we're gonna I, give it time. Have, yeah. It's just early impressions. It just this is the most Bruce Prichard, Vince McMahon thing, right? Yeah. All right. So Cameron Grimes versus Joe Gacy. These are my notes for the match. Grimes control early, armbar. Gacy fires up, handspring lariat. Oh, so close. Off the ropes, cave in. Cameron Grimes wins in two minutes, 36 seconds. 
Yep, two minutes, 36 seconds. Not as big a fail as the previous giant fail, but still like a two-minute squad. You can't have a terrible match with Cameron Grimes. He just won't do it, but we're still going to go two, uh, let's go, uh, two Frankenstein monsters out of five Boris. A slight fail, good effort from uh, from Cameron Grimes. And honestly, a good effort from Joe Gacy, especially in the promo, which I will count as below average, but still good effort with that weird version. Hold on. I th- I, let's give him a little more credit for being such a scripted promo. For him, feel like it just feels like this is not him whatsoever, right? I give him credit for delivering the lines. I just didn't like the material he was given. Yeah, I, I would 1 million percent back that opinion, man. Yeah, totally. The, the material, garbage. His performance of it, not garbage. Not at all. Pretty good. All right, after the match, Gacy hugs Grimes before he leaves the ring. We got a recap of the index wedding. And then the show went from zero stars to 4.5 as Legado del Fantasma make their way into the ring with Elector Lopez, who's going to be in action when we get back from commercial. Yeah, absolutely. Your boys featuring your girl. Yep. Uh, we get a video package for Vaughn Wagner, where he talks about being an unconventional man with unconventional methods. And I'm going to add with a freaking unconventional name. <laughs> and an unconventional face. But he's out there in his backyard <laughs> swinging, a, swinging a sledgehammer. <laughs> Swinging a sledgehammer at a tire and then sitting on the tire and swinging the sledgehammer around generally. And yeah, he's uh, that's his unconventional method. You see, he takes a hammer and he hits a tire with it and that makes him a better fighter. Yes. And All that's right. why he's going to be champion one day. Vaughn Wagner. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Vaughn Wagner. Vaughn Wagner. American, American professional wrestler, Von Wagner. How is it humanly possible that he gets a worse name than his dad? <laughs> How is it humanly possible that he's not in the top five worst names on the show right now? Well, he's, maybe he's top five. He is top five. He is sure. top five. All right, let's just move on. Anna Shear versus Electra Lopez. This match only lasted one minute, 29 seconds. Um, this Electra Lopez dominated. Anna Shear got a couple uh, little offense in, but Electra Lopez eventually won with a blue thunder bomb in one minute and 29 seconds. Yeah, eat shit, Sami Zayn, am I right? She actually <laughs> wins with the blue thunder bomb. <laughs> it's like, who, um, it's so like yeah. last week when uh, someone won with a V-trigger. Yeah, right, Mandy it Rose. Was, yeah, Mandy out. Rose won with a V-trigger. <laughs> Lay it out, fools. Lay it out, bitches, with the V-trigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, so this was a terrible match. <laughs> Electra, God bless her. She's just not... She doesn't seem like she's quite ready, but boy, she has a ton of potential. You could have said the same thing about Raquel the first two or three times you saw her, and she improved immensely quickly. So I'm not saying scrap Electra. Keep her in there. But I am saying... This match was terrible. And she almost botched her finish and dropped Anna Shear on her head. Poor girl. Uh, but yeah, it was it was fine. It's fine for these things to happen, and she's got to start somewhere. But this first one, very bad. We're going another. Uh, it's a one hammer eyes out of five. A single hammer eye out of five. Giant fail again. After the match, El Rey de Reyes, El Dios 
de luchadores, that's what I call him, Santos Escobar gets on the mic and he puts Electra over, saying she completes legado and passes the mic to her. She says this is just a little taste of what she's going to unleash on BFAB and NXT 2.0. BFAB can keep talking, but we know that it's just all talk. And if she doesn't like it, she can get her skinny ass out of here. BFAB does indeed get her skinny ass out there. She blindsides Electra Lopez as the rest of Hit Row is coming down the ramp. She t- she enters ring left, attacks her. The women are brawling. Legado and Hit Row all adhere to the bro code. Do not try to break up the fight. And uh, that was that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Okay, so... They, slight spoiler for down the road, they're announcing that later on this show that Electra Lopez is wrestling B-Fab next week on NXT 2.0 Rainbow Edition. Um, in a no-DQ match, Boris. Yep. That, that could be that could be terrifying. Now, I, I imagine a lot of that is going to be smoke and mirrors and trying to help these uh, inexperienced performers out. But if they, I'm not saying they will do this, but if this were Vince Russo, WCW, they would just throw them out there to have like a terrible seven to eight minute weapons match. And it would be the worst match of the year. Like there is a, there is potential for this to be an absolute disaster. I think Uh, it's going to be pretty good, but (laughs) it could be, it could be. Yeah, for sure. Um, Trey Baxter is sad in the locker room. Boo who you lost, man up. Um, Cora Jade shows up. Cora Jade says some stuff. Pep talks him, kisses him. We go to commercial. No, 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 Boris. We got to touch on something very important here. So, Trey Baxter looking sad. Girlfriend Cora Jade comes up to him, being, being a very nice partner, supporting her partner while he's down. And she, it's not like he was, he was terrible to her, but he was kind of just feeling sorry for himself. Cora Jade says, well, did you see that guy out there? He was like a superhero. You'll be fine. Chin up. You'll get him next time. Kind of thing. And then Cora Jade walks away, Boris. And Trey Baxter looks at himself and he says, a superhero. Boris, are we getting Baxter ASH? I don't know, man. I I just, this just, yeah, I can't with this. Oh, man, I think we're going to get Trey Baxter doing some kind of weird hurricane character. That was my first thought. As soon as he was like a superhero, question mark, I was like, oh, dear. Oh, no. That was also Bob Kapoor's uh, first instinct. Yeah, man, I think Bob Kapoor's onto something. Stand back. It's Trey Baxter coming through. Stand Baxter. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord, we are so... We are off the rails, buddy. Embrace it. You know what? I am I am embracing it. I am embracing it. Um, <laughs> Odyssey Jones makes his entrance as we go to break. Uh, Frankie Monet and her entourage are walking backstage. They run into none other than La Chingona, Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel says their title match will be next week, and Frankie tells her to enjoy her last week as champion. Lash Legend shows up. Gets in Frankie's face, tells her that the title match is cool, but it won't be as cool as the debut of her talk show next week. Lash legend, not to be confused with Lash LaRue. <laughs> a separate Lash. You mean Gambit wannabe in WCW. 
<laughs> that is exactly what I want, what I mean. Yes. Yep. All right. So, what did you think of this? Uh, you you know I love Frankie. Frankie is my girl, much in the way that Santos and Electra are your uh, girls. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't mean I don't mean to be insulting to Santos, but yeah, I I, I love Frankie Monet. I think she's awesome. She should have been on uh, main roster TV two months ago. She's completely all the way ready, and I I'm okay with whoever losing this match going to appear on Raw or SmackDown the next week. Yeah, as long as this match happens next week. Yeah, well, they've advertised it, but they've they've uh, pulled that bait and switch on us before. But I, I think they saved it because they wanted it to main event a show. And here we here we go. It's main eventing next week. Is so you think the women's matches are gonna are gonna bookend the show? I hadn't thought about it, but yes, I do. Uh, now that you mention it, yeah, that's a really good call. Yeah, we also have the cruiserweight match, but I, I can see that being like a two minute, like just de- debauchery. Swashery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree pretty much exactly and entirely with your opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Definitely the opener is going to be that tag match. All right. Odyssey Jones versus two guys in a handicap match. Odyssey Jones controls the entire match. Um, Andre Chase comes down to the aisle for a distraction. Um, Odyssey Jones doesn't bite into the distraction. Um, he climbs to the top of the rope. He does a 747 splash on not one, but both guys. And he ends up winning in, how long was this? Uh, two two minutes, minutes and 43, 43 seconds. seconds. Yes. Yep. Might have been my bad. I thought he jumped off the second rope. Was it a top rope splash? Did he I hit thought, him with that super fly? I thought it was a top rope. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, it possibly, it's, it's possible that uh, that I am wrong as well. It's happened once or twice before. So the, the shithead jumpers that he beat, Boris, were Kerry Millman and Darren Chiapetta. Carrie Millman and Darren Chiapetta. So yeah, this was uh, this was a Chiapetta. Yes, like exactly <laughs> like Chiapet. Yes, yes, that was his given name. Oh lord, it might have been Chiapetta, like uh, Gary Michael Chiapetta, but I don't think he has a. Uh, you know, I I don't think he. Uh, you know what anyway, my biggest takeaway from this match was, unfortunately, Odyssey That's Jones looking exhausted by the end of this match. Oh, you think so, eh? He was he was maybe sucking a little wind. I don't know. I I I, I didn't. It wasn't terribly noticeable to me, but it, it, it definitely. I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, but yeah, I uh, I thought this was pretty average. Like there are bad handicap matches, like Giant Gonzalez, like where it's just a waste of everyone's time and everyone looks terrible. And there are like amazing like squash, like Yokozuna squashing three guys and throwing spin kicks and suplexes and like these guys like being terrified for their life. That's like the height of this kind of thing. So this was right in between. This was average. Odyssey Jones looked good, but he didn't really do much. He hit like one big splash. He, he said woo a lot. I thought this was nothing nothing wrong with it. Nothing too right with it. We're going to Mendoza line it, Boris. It is two and a half Amish cyborgs out of five. 50% right on that border. Yeah, that that's exactly it. Like I said, it was basic. It was average. It got the point over that, hey, Odyssey Jones is going to be a big guy and he can take on two guys at once. So whatever. Yeah. If they, if they can achieve, at the very least, that, then it was worth it. And they did, so it was worth it. Let's move on. Um, post-match, Chase attacks Jones with a chair. Odyssey catches it, breaks the chair. Andre Chase runs away. Kind of looked like the chair broke a little early. Maybe it was just me, but kind of took a little bit yeah. of the impact out of yeah. that. But it was, still, it was still fun. Yeah. 
Grayson Waller is backstage. He's chatting with some people. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams roll up. Carmelo tells him that even if he wins the Cruiserweight Championship, he might just cash in and end his reign. Uh, so that's an interesting line. Can you cash this thing in like money that's in the bank? Exactly now? why I stopped. Um, it sounds like you can. It sounds like that's what this is. Right? So that's really weird. The way it was worded, he was like, he, he specifically said, I might take it from you tomorrow, like next week when the match is over. Right? So right. it sounds like. So here's, 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 I'm going to accept this. The reason why I'm going to accept this is because he has an opportunity for a match. Now, they never said when. And remember, before last week, he was always a face. So as a face, he always gives people the heads up that he's going to quote unquote cash in. Now that he is a heel, he will cash in when the time is right. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just it's it's a marked uh, difference from last time they did this with ACH because he had to cash it in like pre announced. Was there a title right? cash in? I was, believe was he ACH, lost. A, was he even still around yeah. after he won? Yeah, I, I think he had like one or two matches, and one of them was a uh, was a world or North American title loss to someone. I believe mm. I, I wasn't watching regularly at that time, but I do think that happened. Yeah. All right. JC Jane, Gigi Dolan, Mandy Rose walk past all these fellas, and they admire them. As we go to commercial. They come out with their entrance, and like I mentioned on the Facebook Facebook page, they are now known as Toxic Attraction. Toxic Attraction. You know Tony Khan would have paid by paid for Toxic by Britney Spears, which would be a better theme song than the one they're using. Unfortunately, this is WWE. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> All right. Um, would you? How'd you feel about this, man? Uh, about what? This promo. Oh, we're not at the promo yet because my favorite part of the entire show happens oh, as yeah. we get back from commercial. Ike Manjiro takes us on a tour of his very colorful closet, talks about how you normally think about strong style when it comes to Japanese wrestlers, but with him, it's style strong because of his handsome jackets. It's so good. Ikaminjiro means handsome man, and he is the most handsome man in NXT. And he's here to just party, just have a good time. Of all the personality profiles, this was the most entertaining, by far the most endearing. This one made you want to see the guy more than any of the other ones. You know, like this This was like, oh, I want to see more Ikaminjiro. I hope he's on every week. I love this guy. Between the stupidity that he did at the wedding, which... You know, looking back at it, I freaking love. And this, uh, that's it. He's my 2.0 standout star right now. Absolutely. A thousand percent. He's filling the kind of a little bit of that role, although it's it's a little different. But it's kind of similar. And, man, there just needs to be like a fun, loving baby face on every wrestling roster. It's just a role that needs to exist. So I'm glad he's he's doing a good job of it. Yep. All right, back in the ring, Toxic Attraction, Hawk Girl Autumn, as you're going to call them. They all have mics. Mandy yes, Rose sir. starts. She says she came here to be our gift, our golden goddess, but asks where we were when her face was battered and beaten. Her new pals don't give a damn what we think, and they showed her that there's a beast behind her beauty, and they're the future of the women's division. Gigi Dolan takes over. Uh, she says the pain of her past has always fueled her aggression, and she knew that if she could pull Mandy out, they'd be unstoppable. 
Um, and Rose's experience brought them purpose, and that makes them unbeatable and will lead them to the top. JC Jane says toxic attraction aren't just pretty faces in the crowd, and if you thought for one second they'd sit in the back and wait like the rest of these broads in the division, you've got another thing coming. Um, what toxic attraction wants is the NXT Women's Championship. Um, so, yeah. Okay, I like this. All things considered. All things considered that this was their first major promo in a crowd. It was heavily scripted. Who talks like this? Who says, no, the pain of my past has fueled my aggression? Just, Who says yeah, that? Just like, you can see the WWE speak in this one. This was just classic, like, overwritten WWE promo, for sure. But I think they did a good job, man. So, like, I was very impressed by Gigi Dolan here because her voice sounded, like, shaky and a little nervous. You can hear that she was nervous, but you couldn't see that she was nervous. She wouldn't let you see it. Like she was really playing that role. And I respect that a lot. Like this is, this is a group that needs to kind of grow into it a little bit. I thought Mandy Rose did a really good job and uh, Gigi Dolan is, you know, she impressed me with like, not, it, it sounded like she was very nervous, but she was not shook. You know, yeah. she was just like, she was just, she just knew this was her first promo on WWE TV really yeah. in front of a crowd. Yeah, and Mandy Rose seemed the most comfortable out there, but obvious for obvious reasons. Something about Gigi Dolan, I follow her on Instagram. I've seen her matches in the past. I've seen her live a couple times. That's how she always sounds. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they, uh, maybe I've completely misread that. And, uh, you know, I, I not that she's listening, but I apologize uh, if so. But, uh, yeah, I, to me, it just she sounded like, like audibly like her voice was shaking and cracking yeah. you know like yeah for sure yeah. all right tag team champs Io Shirai Zoe Stark are in here backstage Shirai accepts the challenge Indy Hartwell's best friend Persia Perota rolls up to wish them luck in that match because when Indy's off for honeymoon they're coming for the titles I don't think I think it might help I don't know how you do it might be too cheesy to flash a name like Persia Parada on the screen. Maybe it wouldn't be, but it might. It, it might be too cheesy to have Zoe and Io say, "Hey, Persia, what's going?" Just I was so you literally going to be. Is? I would rather have someone just randomly say, "Hey, it's Persia Parada," and then everyone looks at the camera and points at her. <laughs> I don't know what the perfect answer is. But yeah, I had no idea who this was. I had to look it up. But yes, Persia Parada is her name. And she is the the friend of Indy who has kind of showed up in the periphery in the last couple of weeks. Yep. This leads us to the main event. Braun Breaker with two Ks and Tommaso Ciampa versus Pete Dunn and Ridge Holland. I thought this was a pretty dang good match. I actually really like, well, Pete Dunn's awesome. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa, awesome. Those guys are incredible workers, and and they're obviously everything they touch is going to turn to gold. But boy, this this Braun Breaker, he's uh he's feeling a little Brock Lesnar-ish, buddy. He has got a rocket strapped to him. He, it's insane, right? Like it's crazy. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is why they didn't want to give him the Steiner name because of the super push he's going to get. What? What do you mean? Why? Why would they take in the WWE? When has a Steiner ever succeeded? That's dumb. You're right. It's not that you're. It's not that you're dumb. You're completely correct. But the fact that they would think that is incredibly stupid. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. 
but who knows? At the end of the day, Braun Breaker and Ridge Holland are the future of this NXT. Um, this match, I have to say, was one of the most formulaic tag team matches I've ever seen. But that doesn't make it bad. That doesn't make it bad. What they did no. worked. The work they put in the match worked. That's all that matters. Very basic matches in NXT these days. Very, very basic. Very, very bare bones. Like you said, it's like it's standard tag team match structure here. Um, and it led to the, the big hot tag and the big finish for uh, for Braun Breaker, who's using a Steiner recliner. He's, yes. They gave him Steiner moves. Like, yeah. just, ah. I don't. I but you're right. That's it. probably you're probably right, man. He's gonna be on the main roster after winning the NXT title within a year, and he might get pushed to the top of the main roster too. Who knows? So, yep, exactly. Um, they did one of my favorite. You know, what did you think? I actually enjoyed the Ridge Holland and Braun Breaker kind of face to face. The crowd surely enjoyed it. The crowd actually really enjoyed yeah. this match a lot. Oh, absolutely. It was a pretty good little match. Like I said, like, I, I think that's uh, that's enticing down the road. We'll see that in a couple weeks to a month, probably that. And that was kind of yeah, it was it was kind of interesting to see them get that Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior pop on an extremely low level. <laughs> yeah, um, they be- literally bounce off each other. They down and out. Champa and Dunn are back at it. Tommaso takes the um, truncheon from him. Breaker with a military press. But Pete cuts him off. Kyle O'Reilly runs out, uh, hits Holland with the truncheon, throws him back inside. Willow's Bell takes Dunt out. Braun with a uh, military press. So Braun Breaker, Tommaso Ciampa win with the power slam, military press, whatever you want to call it, in 12 minutes, 22 seconds. Yeah, if you haven't seen Braun Breaker yet, he does the old Goldberg-style move where it's the gorilla press, military press slam, and he flip, he throws him and flips him like 90 degrees into a power slam, Davy Boy Smith-style, right down, one, two, three. I like this match a lot, man. I would go as high as three and a half reverse giraffes out of five for this one, 70%. Like I said, I like Braun Breaker's hot tagging coming in at the end. It, it was a little, it was a little like, you know, green ish there was one part in particular where it was probably more ridge holland's fault but he kind of like wandered into a place where he shouldn't be but he was still selling thankfully so braun breaker kind of just shoved him out of the way gave Dunn a suplex and then picked ridge up and gave him a suplex and it was actually it was kind of a mistake but the way it worked and because ridge was still selling it actually kind of was dope you know what i mean it kind of became a cool spot yeah. so yeah you know, it, these are very basic matches, but if you put the right people in them, they're going to still be entertaining. And here's the thing. If they can pull off these basic matches and have these basic matches still get a reaction from the live crowd, they're obviously doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. So I was worried that Kyle O'Reilly uh, would be out of the company or something, but it looks like he's still here. What do you think Like the, the point of taking him out of the title match was, and what do you think he's going to do next? To get Ridge Holland over, what I don't understand why why Ridge Holland wasn't in the match. Maybe they don't want Ridge Holland in a title match until he actually wins it. Maybe that's the whole point of this. I don't know what the I don't know why they put Vaughn Wagner in the match, but I really do think that what's gonna eventually what we're gonna see now is Kyle O'Reilly and Ridge Holland. Ridge Holland's gonna completely annihilate him, 
and uh, eventually we're going to see Braun Breaker, Ridge Holland, NXT take over Brooklyn. Oof, oof, NXT takeover. Ah, <laughs> we're going to see. We are definitely going to see how that looks. Yeah, but what do you think? What do you think the what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I I yeah I I don't think he's gonna get destroyed by Ridge Holland. Maybe he will. Tommaso Ciampa has already pinned Ridge Holland, so like I don't know how high they are on Ridge, but I don't know. I think why well, I thought we were gonna get Pete Dunn versus Elia, but it doesn't look like that's gonna happen. So I think it might be O'Reilly versus Pete Dunn now for a while. Yeah, or Ridge Holland and Pete Dunn just you know they they beat up on Riley O'Reilly. One of them gets a title shot. They lose, and they both end up on the main roster. Dunn's got an extension for three years. I don't think he's staying in NXT for three years. I'd be pretty surprised if so, man. I I don't understand what the point of that would be. But who knows? You never know with Vince. He's a very uh, short uh, little fella. (laughs) That'd be Dunn. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? You know what? Maybe he's going to be Ridge Holland's manager in the main roster. (laughs) Bearcat Ridge Holland? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, oh, my God. Ridgey. Ridgey. Remember the <laughs> Leon Ruff stuff? Oh, WWE, uh, God bless you. So that was... Yeah, sh- NXT, yeah it's superstars on acid uh, with a bunch of young green guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, overall, you know what? Like I said, this is only episode two of 2.0 i'm gonna give it time but overall i didn't hate the show there were things i liked i like the fact that we're getting introduced to new characters i like that they are at least at the very least no matter how cheesy some video packages and promos are they're showing something to introduce them to us i like the fact that every new person seems to be teamed up with an older person so the, obviously, you know, they're they're kind of thinking ahead on how they can develop these new people. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, this is developmental. This will be cheesy. This won't be the best. I think we're in store for about, you know, seven matches a week with two of them getting at least 10 minutes or max 10 minutes and then the rest being complete squashes. Yeah, it looks like it, man. And it's going to it's going to vary. We're going to see. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to hold the rating. It's definitely going to pique people's interest for a couple of weeks, but we're, we're going to, I, I don't know. Do you think it's going to have any chance of being like close to the last week's rating? I think it'll drop, you know, what was last week? 750. Yeah, it was around 750. I think it'll be 725, 700, and then it'll come back down to about 550. I think 500, 550 yeah. is where it's going to be realistically. And really, when you think about it, that's not the worst. No, absolutely not. I wonder if it's going to affect the uh, the next deal or if uh, USA would ever consider canceling it, although I think that opens up a pretty big can of worms because WWE would be quite upset if they canceled one of their shows. But It still gets better ratings than a lot of the stuff that USA Channel would would play, right? They show a lot of movies and and um, and uh, like CSIs and shows like yeah. that, right? So, Weird, arguably terrible to scripted television shows. Exactly. So, yeah. so this... Yeah. I think as long as it can beat those shows, they're fine. Well, then hopefully they should be fine. We, right. We'll see how bad it gets. Next week, September 28th, 2021 on NXT, we have a new D- no DQ match with between B-Fab 
and Electra Lopez. We have an NXT Cruiserweight title match with Grayson Waller and Roderick Strong. We have the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles match as Io Shirai and Zoe Stark go up against Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane. Uh, we have the NXT Women's match, Women's Title match as Frankie Monet goes up with Raquel Gonzalez. And we also have the promo uh, segment with Lash Legend in her Lashing Out skit. Yeah, she's going to get a Piper's Pit, a highlight reel type thing. And yep. uh, we'll see. All right. Um, is it is it time for NXT UK, buddy? Oh, please. Yeah, let's talk about some good wrestling. <laughs> you hear that? You know what time it is. It's time for NXT UK Corner. It is our favorite hour of WWE television each and every week. And last week was no different. Last week was a fun show. My God, do I love one-hour shows. I know I say this every single week, and I will say this every single week from now on, especially because NXT 2.0 feels like it should only be an hour maximum. I love one-hour shows. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, man, I can watch this every single week. I do watch it every single week. I love it every single week. This is the best thing WWE does. Yep. So the show started off with a Heritage Cup tournament semifinal match with Noam Dar versus Kenny Williams, two guys that both Matt and I really, really like, two guys that we see a lot of potential with, especially Kenny Williams. Skeevy, skeevy heels, just greasy, slimy, dirtbag heels trying to out-heel each other. Oh, this match was just a treat, just beautiful. Yeah. All right. So let, do you want to go round by round? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. So yeah, we can do that. Round one, match starts, kind of slow start. Um, uh, Noam is trying to get a submission hold on Kenny. He finally gets him down as the round ends. I like this. It was a nice start, kind of setting the tone for the rest of the match. Yeah, and yeah, exactly, setting their tone. Like, I, I liked, uh, they're pulling each other's hair and doing, just like, dipping their toes into the heel waters. But yeah, it was basically a straight-up wrestling match here, yeah. round one. Round two, thing, the things start getting really interesting. There's a lot of back and forth. Kenny takes Noam Dar down, drives him into the mat. Kenny grounds Noam Dar later on again. He gets his feet and sweeps. Noam Dar sweeps Kenny with his feet before Kenny grabs his knee. Kenny rolls Noam Dar with the tights for the pin and gets the first fall. Kenny Williams is now up 1-0. Kenny Williams selling his knee like he's actually injured. Dar gives him a little bit of break. And of course, as you said, a ruse. He was he was uh, lying, Boris, to our faces he was, can you believe it, as he rolls up Noam Dar and heals him. He out-heals the skeeviest, skeeviest guy in all yep. of NXT. Can you and, believe it? And I think we should have mentioned that, that this is a heel-v-heel match. Oh, I, I kind of mentioned it off the top, but yes, if it was not clear, this is uh, these are two established heels trying to out-heal each other. And that's what round three gives us. These guys, and I love the fact that, yes, it was kind of technical, but, and I know I complain about this all the time, but I really like this because it didn't lead to the end of the match. They were literally just trying to, like, small cradle each other throughout the round. Yeah, I I really like, I actually, round three was probably my favorite round, just the way it played out, just their action, and it went three minutes, they didn't, nobody got the, uh, 
Nobody got the Duke here. I believe it was uh, Kenny Williams was caught in a knee bar, but did not submit and was saved by the bell, right? Yep, that's exactly it. And this leads us into round four, where again, um, Kenny is trying to roll, or Noam is trying to roll Kenny up. Kenny spears the knee of Noam. Um, they try, Kenny tries to undo the top turnbuckle before Noam grabs a bottle, pretends that Kenny hit him. Noam Dar then takes, uh, locks in a knee bar. Kenny taps. We are now tied 1-1. Yeah, so I, I love this. So, so Kenny Williams is trying to take off the, the, the turnbuckle. As he's doing that, Noam Dar grabs Kenny's water bottle gimmick, yeah. throws it to Kenny, pulls the Eddie Guerrero move, which is he tries to outheal him there. And then as the referee is reprimanding him, he just says, F it, and locks it in his submission anyway. I love that. I just these guys trying to outheal each other has been so fun throughout this entire match. Yep. Yep, exactly. Round five, Kenny locks in a hammerlock. Noam um drops Kenny with a back elbow there's a lot of back and forth in this match um shaw samuels grabs and holds onto kenny's foot when he's trying to get back into the ring from underneath the ring noam hits him with um he hits him pins kenny with the nova roller your winner of the match moving on to the finals noam dar so yeah yeah we just put a fine point on that so kenny williams is outside of the ring noam dar is hurting uh, as Kennedy Williams is trying to go back in, Shaw Samuels pops out from under the ring out of nowhere, holds Kenny Williams, holds him in place for uh, Noam Dar to hit his crazy, like, uh, his basically, like, face first in Ziguri, which he calls the Nova Roller, I believe. Yep. Yeah, I love and he this. gets the pin. He I love gets this. the win. This was great. Someone. Man, this was so they much fun. healed the heel. Like, we knew this was going to be the outcome. You know, uh, WWE tries to ser- tries to serve swerve us so many times, so I'm happy when they just do the right thing. Yeah, a million percent. So yeah, I don't know about where they're going with like Shaw Samuels versus Kenny or uh, Kenny Omega, Kenny Williams. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought this match was was really really good. I would go as high as seventy five percent on that one. So it's going to be three and three quarter. Supernovas for the great Noam Dar here, Boris. We're seventy-five percent. A B plus in Canada. Good job to you. Tip of the cap to yep. the lads. Yeah, Noam did an amazing job. All right, Gallus is backstage. They're getting ready for their tag title match. Um, that's the main event. The uh, assistant to the GM, Sid Scala, um, is in the ring. Uh, we get a satellite interview with the new NXT UK champion, Ilya Dragunov. Ilya says that he can't wait to come back. Nathan Frazier, Rampage Brown, A-Kid come out and lobby for a title shot before Sid makes a triple threat, number one contender match for Ilya's title. The three men argue before Rampage takes out A-Kid and Nathan Frazier before leaving. I, I Well, yeah, I, I like this promo a lot. I thought it was, it, well, okay, two things. I liked Nathan Fraser a lot. I thought he did pretty well. Rampage Brown, perfectly fine on the mic. A-Kid is the most soft-spoken wrestler I have ever heard in my life. Yeah. He came, like, that's, like, like beyond Dean Malenko level. Like, he came out, like, I don't even know what to compare him to. Nothing in pro wrestling. Like, like a UFC fighter who is, like, shy almost, you know? Yep, I agree. Very, very... I don't even think it was bad. I think he's very well-spoken, and he seemed confident, but he's very soft-spoken. 
Just yeah. not very bombastic at all. Yeah, I got to agree. You know, his, maybe his Spanish blood, maybe he had too much uh, Rioja before going on the mic. I don't know. It was, it was it just, yeah, it was very, I, this was the first time it, that I think I've heard him on the mic and it was just like, eh, come again. You know, it was just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, like again, like I, I, I had to listen closely to catch it all, but he's well spoken. He's not stupid. He's very like it, it was fine in terms of a promo, but just boy, he's a soft spoken man. Yeah. Yep. All right. Backstage, Emilia McKenzie's getting ready for her match against Stevie Turner. Again, backstage, Ginny and Isla Dawn almost get into it. Who who I after Isla Dawn invaded her dressing room as we go to commercial. So which yeah, that's that's weird. Is Isla Dawn a I, I guess it doesn't really matter. Is Isla Dawn a babyface, though? Is Ginny going to be babyface? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's establish this as the weeks go on, as long as Isla Dawn is on TV. <laughs> Fair enough. Emilia McKenzie versus Stevie Turner. Um, this was, in my opinion, an okay match. Nothing crazy, nothing amazing. It was, it was kind of like your NXT UK middle match. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I went five minutes... Uh, pretty average, standard yep. match. Yep. It, it, it was it was fine for what it was. Yep. Emilia dodged the V trigger. She hits a German suplex into a running Meteora for the pin and the win. So Emilia McKenzie defeats Stevie Turner via pinfall. Yeah, I I enjoyed it perfectly fine. Five minutes nineteen seconds it went, and uh, yeah, we're gonna go two and a half supernovas out of five. Fifty percent Mendoza line kind of match. Yep. All right, video package, uh, Wolfgang and Thielman ahead of their Heritage Cup match this week. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I love Thielman. I like Wolfgang. It's pretty good. Um, I, you may you may have uh, touched on it and I missed it, or maybe it's later in the show, because there's a, there was a seed of Mustache Mountain Discord. Did you catch that? Um, No. Okay, so yeah, so there was a Mustache Mountain promo where basically, in a nutshell, uh, Tyler Bate was talking about how he's he can't wait to see who wins the tournament and defend the cup, and then Trent Seven interrupted him and was like, oh, tag team titles, tag team titles. So I think it's going to be a little feud, a little little seed there, and eventually, Boris, we are probably going to get the split of Mustache Mountain pretty soon here down the road. Interesting. Interesting. I think it's worth noting because I think that was the first seed planted right there. Interesting. All right, we get a video vignette for Charlie Dempsey. Looks Do you cool. know who this man is? No. You this man, Charlie Dempsey, classic WWE Boris. He's Charlie Regal. Oh, yes. He's the son of William Regal. Yes. I, IRL I did know this. Bailey Matthews, son yep. of Darren Matthews, who is William Regal. I did This man this. should be Charles Regal. Charles Regal. Good old Dick Regal. <laughs> I think Dick is Richard. Yeah. But probably, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm excited to see what Charlie Dempsey can bring to the table if he's fucking anything like his dad. And that's going to be my F word. And I used it correctly because William Regal is a boss. And if he's anything like that, that man is going to be great. So let's see. Yep. Uh, Blair Davenport beats up Stevie Turner as she's recovering after her defeat to Amelia uh, before the break. So Blair Davenport literally just kicking everyone's ass and taking names. Yeah, and this was actually in the ring. I thought that was clever. Like Brand, uh, Brand, Blair Davenport, who is suspended, ran in, destroyed Steve Turner, ran away. Loved that a lot. Yeah, that was pretty it, cool. It really I, was. It was I, like an outlaw vibe to this Blair Davenport. Yeah, 
I liked it. All right, this leads us to the main event of the show, which was for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships, as my boys, Pretty Deadly, went up against Gallus. What did you think of this match, Matt? I thought it was it was pretty good. Pretty deadly it was. Uh, you know? Not, yeah. not, not fully deadly, but pretty deadly. Yeah, I, you know, entertaining match. This is a very good team. Uh, I'm very excited to watch them wrestle at this point. Like they're, they're better characters than they are in the ring, but they remind me so much of young edge and Christian, like 99 edge and Christian. They have that quirkiness to them, right? I really, they really, really, really enjoy the quirkiness that they have. Um, and this, you know, overall, this was your typical tag team match. Nothing crazy happened. Pretty deadly retain, but it was an entertaining match. Nonetheless. Yeah, I might be underrating it a little bit. I put it at three supernovas out of five. It might be slightly better than just a C. Maybe it was a B, but it's in that range. That's what I wrote on the page. So we're going to go three supernovas out of five on this one. Yep. All right. Next week, this week on NXT UK. So September 23rd, 2021, we have the NXT UK men's uh, number one contender matches. A kid goes up against Nathan Frazier, goes up against Rampage Brown in a triple threat match. And then we have the Heritage Cup number one contenders um, semifinal match as Teoman goes up against Wolfgang. Yeah, and especially since we just saw Noam Dyer vanquish a heel. I don't think he's going to vanquish another. So I, th- I think we're getting Noam versus Wolfgang in the final. That's exactly what I think. I think we called that too. Was, uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. All right, dude, fun show. Honestly, fun show. And, you know, I think you said it best last last week where, you know, these shows don't have to feature an amazing match to still be an entertaining show. Exactly right, man. Yeah, exactly right. And that's where we're at with NXT right now, and that's cool. Like I said, too, at the top of this show, if every wrestling show looked like NXT 2.0, I wouldn't, I, I would not, like, watch it wrestling probably like I would just I, I I wouldn't choose NXT 2.0 as my main show if I could only watch one television show one wrestling ch- show man I honest to God might choose NXT UK same. it would be a, it would be a thought it would be a tough tough debate same 100 percent all right want to do some Q&A yeah let's hit it all right so in the morning on Tuesdays, we're going to start putting up a Q&A and C-thread, Q&A, comments, whatever you want. Um, and, you know, it just gives us something to chat about, gives us some time to interact. So thank you for everyone who did put up a comment, a question, or anything. Um, you know, with NXT 2.0, honestly, I think that some weeks we might struggle with rating, talking about, analyzing um squash matches so you know the the we're not sure exactly what to expect um but you know we're gonna try to keep things fun we're gonna try to keep things interesting we're gonna try to tell some jokes as we talk about stuff um you know but like i said at the end of the day we're gonna try to give this a chance and this leads us into the first comment um i guess it was a question more of a joke question but i did want to address this and that's from paul york and he did say how long do you think it'll be before you and Matt are talking about NXT in the same way Jason and Mark talk about Raw? <laughs> That's funny. So there's like a soullessness to Raw that I don't think will ever quite exist in NXT because it's still young guys chasing their dream in a way that like they Raw is where they go to have the desire beaten out of them. You know what I mean? And on NXT, well, they still have the desire, Boris, so... 
So I think there's always going to at least be that, but like probably, probably six months. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. And that's why I say, you know, we're going to try to do our best. We're going to try to keep things interesting. You know, we're going to make jokes. We're going to have fun. Um, you know, reading a one minute squash match is going to be difficult sometimes. So we might blow through some stuff. We're going to keep this show as fun and, and, and as entertaining as humanly possible. Um, dude, you know, there is interest in the show. I know it was the same people, but there were over 100 comments on this thread. There have been weeks where there were like maybe 20. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the old NXT was, it was, you know, dying a death. It really was. And they needed a change. So... I'm I'm not sure exactly where this road leads, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna roll down it. I'm not quitting this podcast. I will watch NXT every day, every every NXT episode that it is on, as long as we're both you know on this earth, Boris. Yeah, and let's let's do a podcast about it, buddy. That's exactly it. Like and like I said, you know we we're gonna do our best. We might sound a little sarcastic, like I know I did earlier in the show, but it's just sometimes, just sometimes, just sometimes things that they throw on the wall just isn't hitting right for one of us. Um, but yeah. All right. So that was Paul. Uh, Jake LNR says, how long do you expect Champa to hold the belt for? Who would be the most likely contender? I think we kind of touched on this earlier. Um, personally, I think he's going to hold it at least until the Survivor Series time frame. We don't know what to expect then. Will there be a takeover? Is it going to be in the Performance Center? Like, what's the deal with takeovers now? But I think that Champa will likely hold it. And I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a triple threat with Ridge Holland and Braun Breaker. And one of those two are going to win. Interesting. Champa, Breaker, Holland, triple threat for the NXT title. Hmm. Yeah, so I think I think it's probably it seems like they're gearing up Braun Breaker. Like it really seems like they're that's the he's touching the belt, he's staring at it. Like that seems like your next champion. Yeah. They're really telling you hard. They're really going out of their way to tell you. It would be a swerve at this point, I think, if it's not. Yep. You know? Yep. Holler if you need them, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Woof, woof, woof. The <laughs> dog faced breaker. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it's going to be one of those two in, in my opinion. Um, you know, and and I like I think Champa is safe. I think he is safe in NXT 2.0. He seems to be adopting the teacher role, whatever that means. The teacher role. Well, man, like he's a great promo. He's a great wrestler. He's an absolute total gym rat. He's everything they really want out of like, you know, a, an example. He's a model citizen in NXT. All right, Joe Aguinaldo, good old Joe. Thank you for always leaving comments and whatnot, dude. I appreciate it so much. So his it's a three-parter. He says, number one, on last week's show, you had mentioned they did something like six debuts. Do you think they continue this trend over the next few weeks where they debut multiple people until they establish a 2.0 roster? Matt? Uh, I, I just wonder how many people there are left to debut back there, you know, but I guess there's a never ending supply of talent. They have so many people in the, in the performance center. And if not, they can go recruit some more. So I would, yeah, I think every couple weeks, maybe it's going to be something where every month or two or three, we get a show like the other day 
where we get six debuts and then for the next two or three months it's establishing all of those characters and then we get a new batch after takeover or after whatever big reset show is coming you know yep that's exactly i think you hit the nail on the head there i feel like that's what we're what the best way to expect i think every quarter there's going to be a rotation of sorts yeah, I can see that for sure. That, right. I think that's the best way to do it, especially with seeing who's ready, you know, at what time in the performance center. Yep. All right. I'm going to skip number two because I want to end with this. Now, number three, which NXT 1.0 roster members have a place on the 2.0 roster? And conversely, which ones don't? And the most important question, will Santos Escobar and Legado del Fantasma be around? Of course, they're going to be around. They're going to be tag team champions and world champions soon enough. On SmackDown. <laughs> on SmackDown? On SmackDown. I know you're talking about NXT. Oh, God, no. That's They're going to be on SmackDown. And that's when Santos Escobar is going to firmly establish himself as a rey de los luchadores and be better than Andrade as he is meant to be. Well, you heard it here first. I, I, can't, I can't top that. But really. <laughs> Who do you think? <laughs> of, like, I think we touched on this all a lot, but let's like just throw it out there again. Who from the 1.0 roster do you think is going to stick around? Um, well, Ciampa for sure. He's, he's never going to the main roster. He will always be an NXT wrestler and he will be there helping out teaching, uh, Johnny Gargano at this moment, I think is going to be an NXT lifer. I think he's always going to stick around. He's going to transition into that coaching role. Same with Candice. I think they're going to be WWE for life. I think so. Too. Um, yeah. So I, I think you're going to see, uh, Candice. I think you're going to see, uh, Tommaso. Yeah, they're going to stick around in NXT. I think some some NXT 1.0 people are going to go up, and they are going to get their cup of coffee. If you count LA Knight as 1.0, he's going up. Io Shirai had better get her shot on the main roster, even if she's even if she's Kyrie saying 2.0, whatever. Give her a shot. Let her do a moonsault or two in front of people, and tell me she won't get over. Dude, you know who, you know who I think is going to be up before anyone else, even before Frankie Monet at this point. New toxic attraction. Toxic attraction, eh? Well, that makes sense. Mandy shouldn't be down, really. Yeah. But if she wants to, uh, if she wants to find some lackeys and bring them up to the main roster with her, I'm okay with that. I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that. All right. So the last question of the night: When does Parco Bordeaux, aka Gunner Harlan, make his debut? So. If you uh, if you read the rumors and the scuttlebutt and the uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter and various things like that, it seems as though Parker Birdo is not progressing at the rate that some of, uh, specifically Braun uh, Breaker, but some of the other people are. That's what the that's what the scuttlebutt is right now. So it's not like they've given up on him, and it's not like he's not going to work out. But it just seems like he's taking a little bit longer to to catch on. You know, he, he does he's not taking to it quite as quickly as some of them. So it's very hard to say. I think that we're going to see Parker in six months to a year right around a uh, uh, right around WrestleMania a little bit before WrestleMania time I bet like maybe perhaps even after the WrestleMania takeover on that batch of tapings they wait that long but I wouldn't uh, yeah, like soon it will be soon yeah I agree 100% with with your assumption as well like I think that uh, it'll be around that time I have read the those reports that he's taking a little longer to get to where they want but I think that's a thing, right? I think that they're holding him to such a very high degree that that's where they he might not be just yet. 
I think he will have that rocket strapped onto him. Exactly. And he's he's the kind of guy who he's going to get the the ultimate warrior, the, the Brock Lesnar push. He looks like Brock Lesnar. He's not he's not there to, to have competitive matches in the mid card. He's no. going to be smashed over, perhaps like a Braun uh, breaker is about to be as well. Like a carrion cross. Yeah, exactly right. Remember him? No, I have vague, vague memories of uh, of like a hundred second fever dream somewhere in there. All right, before we go, let's talk about the schedule midweek markout. Jason is alone. Jason did a great job doing this alone. Go listen to it. Midweek midweek markout is already out. Tomorrow, Thursday, Bam Weekly. Matt, what are we going to be talking about? It's going to be a lot of G1, Boris. I, at least, will try to watch day one, two, and three matches of the G1 Climax. That'll be 15 matches coming at you. You can watch as many as you'd like as well. I'll try to get on that train. Um, and then, yeah, that's about it. We have Ring of Honor. We got a lot of sports talk coming at you, too. We got NFL Week 3. We got the Blue Jays trying desperately to blow this game tonight, but failing in their effort to blow it and actually winning. Yeah, we're also going to talk about the Players' Tribune in general because inspired by Daniel Bryan's, um, Brian Danielson's article from yes. earlier today, which was just amazing. Actually, really good. One of the best things I've ever read in the Players' Tribune. Yep, yep. It was honest, right? Like, it was so honest. The, because I find that those articles... We'll talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. <laughs> Rather than talking about it in the outro. But yeah, thank you so much for the feedback. Thank you all so much for listening. Stay tuned. We're here for the long haul, buddy. Yep. Uh, Friday, we have the old fucks talking All Elite Weekly as they review Dynamite, SmackDown, Smack Daddies on Saturday. Old fucks are back with the Rampage review on Saturday. Then you got the Sunday Night's the main event syndicated show on Sunday. Go to ballergear.ca. There's all the merch. All the merch. Soon to be new NXT TLK merch. And I'll tell this story next week of why the logo has changed yet again. But that's <laughs> yes, it. Yes, a couple things. Don't want to get hit up by the legal team of WWE for the love of God. Exactly. All right, that's the show. As always, thank you for listening. He's Matt. I'm Boris. The show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT 2.0. Yeah, yeah, yeah.